Hello, and welcome to Pastor George's Bible Study. Samuel, pray for us. Okay. Um, dear Lord Jesus, we thank you for bringing us all here to this meeting this evening. And we pray that um, as we read your word and study it and look into all you have to say to us, please make our, make our hearts sensitive and make them uh, eager to hear and to obey what you have to say to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> okay, so we'll just study the scripture together. Um, I know we've been looking at the word of God being a the tool by which God helps us to God helps us to um, be transformed by the renewal of our minds. If you remember, we'll be looking at the scripture in Romans twelve where Paul was talking to the Roman Christians, Roman brethren, and he said, I beseech you by the mercies of God that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Also talk about the fact that we should not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of our minds. And I remember... Over several weeks, we were looking at how the Word of God has been mobilized as a divine instrument to help us be transformed in the renewal of our minds. Um, I think one of our <clears throat> last meetings, we talked about the challenge in Ezekiel chapter 3 where God was instructing Ezekiel to eat the scroll. And God was challenging us that study that we should eat the word of God. That should be our, our source of nourishment, our source of life, our... That should be what we should feed on so that we can grow and be nourished in the day. And I just thought it's good to press on a bit on that so that God will help us. So that God will help us um, for that <coughs> get more <coughs> nourishment and insight from him. So, I want us to look at the Word of God. I remember we also studied <clears throat> we also studied Previously, the life of um, Mary and Martha. 
and we saw how Martha was troubled and worried about many things, and that was her preoccupation. She was doing a lot of service, a lot of running up and down, but did not have time to sit down and hear Jesus and his word. Now, we are just going to look at how Jesus himself how did Jesus himself build up his own life? How did Jesus himself get nourishment? His scriptures you know already. We just want to explore it. How was it possible that our Lord and Master lived an example for us to so that we can apply that example to our own lives? So we just, like I said, we are just going to explore scriptures. The first one I want us to look at, which you know about, is in Luke. Let's look at Luke chapter 2. So we go to Luke chapter 2. The scripture you know very well. Um, can somebody read from verse 41 down to verse 50? Luke chapter 2, 41 to 50. Remember, we want to explore how did Jesus build himself up? What made him so close to God as our example to follow. Yes? Can somebody read it for us? Luke chapter 2, verse 41 to 50. Can somebody from the Salido family read it? Jesus went to Jerusalem for the Passover festival. When Jesus was 12 years old, they went to the festival as usual. When the festival was over, they started back home, but the boy Jesus stayed in Jerusalem. His parents did not know, know this. They thought that he was with the group, so they traveled a whole day and then started looking for him among their relatives and friends. They did not find him, so they went back to Jerusalem looking for him. On the third day, they found him in the temple, sitting with the Jewish teachers listening to them and asking questions. All who heard him were amazed at his intelligent answers. His parents were astonished when they saw him, and his mother said to him, My son, why have you done this to us? Your father and I have been terribly worried trying to find you. He answered them, Why did you have to look for me? Didn't you know that I had to be in my father's house? But they did not understand his answer. Okay. Let's read. Okay, maybe we should explore this first before we go to the next scripture. Now, we were, we were looking at how did Jesus himself build his life up. If you look at this scripture, the Bible said, Jesus, as a young boy, he stayed behind 
when everybody was returning home. They said, Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. And, you know, you just assume, what is he doing in Jerusalem? Bible said, he sat down. They found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers of the law, listening to them and asking them questions. So let's assume Jesus Christ was doing Bible study with all these professors of the law and Bible and scriptural and scripts and, and Bible teachers. Jesus stayed behind. The festival was too noisy. A lot of eating and drinking. Nobody will take sit down and study the word of God. So what did Jesus do? He stayed behind. Do you know I was just listening to some documentaries about some of these footballers. It's very interesting that a lot of them who score goals through free kicks, what do they do? They practice and practice and practice and practice. In fact, they don't practice when everybody is there. When they have finished the general practice session, what do they do? They, come, they stay behind and practice again. So when Jesus stayed behind, he wanted to eat more of the word of God. As a young boy, he did not give himself to frivolity. You see, what God wants to do with us, He wants us, He wants, we need to cooperate with Him. Because you see, God is not a magician. It's the word of God that you have read and you have meditated upon, that you built up in your heart, that He uses to build you up. So we notice here, the Bible said, He stayed behind. And where was he? The founding in the temple. In the house of God. Listening to people doing Bible study and asking them questions. Of course, he's not asking them questions about politics. He's definitely not asking them questions about how to how to how to survive under the Romans. No. The Bible said he sat down in the midst of teachers of the law. So, beloved brethren, can God help us that we too we set aside time, set aside time, and stay in God's presence, stay behind in God's presence, and not rush off. So that's the first point you want to take note of. How did Jesus build himself? Look at another scripture in John chapter 8. Look at it. Um, John chapter 8 first. Let's, let's read verse 
thirty thirty seven and thirty eight. John eight thirty seven and thirty eight. Abigail, read John 8, 37 and 38. Thank you. Um, verse 37 and 38. Um, I know that you are Abraham's descendants, Yet you're looking for a way to kill me because you have no room for my word. I'm telling you what I've seen in the Father's presence, and you are doing what you've heard from your Father. Mm. So what is Jesus saying there in verse 38? He said, I speak what I have seen with my Father, and you do what you have seen with your Father. So what, what everything Jesus did, spoke, the Bible said, is what he has seen with his father. You know, I, I was not asking the question, how did he see what was with the father? How? You know, the first thing you will look at when you read these scriptures, it looks as if Jesus was seeing visions of the Father every day. <laughs> That's what we will think. But actually, the first place you can see the Father is in His Word. The Bible said, I speak what I have seen with my father. It is what the father told him that he spoke. So the question is, how can you too speak what you see with your father, with your heavenly father? It's by looking at the word of God consistently. Now, Let's look at another scripture, just to buttress this point. That's in John chapter 12. Look at what Jesus said. John 12. Let's look at verse... Let me see. Um... Look at verse 49 and 50. Maybe I will read it. John 12, verse 49 and 50. It says, For I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me gave me a command what I should say and what I should speak. And I know that his command is everlasting life. Therefore, whatever I speak, 
just as the Father has told me, so I speak. You know, you read this again, the question is, how did the Father speak to him? The Bible said, look at Jesus said, I do not speak of my own authority. Is what the Father sent me. He says, but the Father sent me, gave me a command, what I should say and what I should speak. Do you remember? So, if Jesus is telling us that is what his father told him, the question is, how did the father tell him? Eh? How did the father tell him? Do you remember Jesus went to the temple? He opened up a scripture. Maybe we should go there. Jesus went to the temple and just bear with me. Let me look for that place. Yes. Um, sorry, I'm looking at it from another place. So, in Matthew. Yes. Um, let me see. So, when, when did Jesus, Jesus went to the temple and they almost threw him off a cliff. Do you remember that place? The Bible said, he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Let me look for that scripture. Yes. Is it Luke? Luke chapter 4. Luke 4, can we go there? This was Jesus quoting this scripture. To the people in office of his generation. Yeah. But maybe we should read it. Look for verse 18. This is Jesus for verse 16. The Bible said, So he came to Nazareth when he, he had been brought up, where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day, stood up to read, and he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he opened the book, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the broken hearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recovery of the sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he closed the book and gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. Verse 21. Then he began to say to them, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Jesus quoted Isaiah 61. The question I want to ask you is, 
everything Jesus said, remember what he told us, everything Jesus said is what the Father has commanded him to say. And what did the Father command him to say? The Father commanded him to say what was in Isaiah 61. What I'm trying to establish in these scriptures we are reading, beloved brethren, is that it is what is in the word of God that Jesus spoke. How did he know what was in the word of God? He read it. He just he just read Isaiah 61 now. That was what God told him to say. That was when he said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. That's scripture. He only quoted what Isaiah said. Do you understand? And that also applies to us. Everything Jesus did was what he read of the Father. And the same principle applies to us, beloved brethren. If God is going to speak to you, he does not have any other way of speaking. He primarily speaks through his word. Yes, he might use, maybe I should read the scripture. Go to Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 1. Let's read verse 1 and 2. In fact, we'll read it. Let me start reading from verse 1. The Bible said, Hebrews 1, from verse 1. God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, as in these last days, spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the world, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins and sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become much, so much better than the angels, as he has by inheritance obtained a more excellent thing than they. So what's that scripture telling us, beloved brethren? The Bible is telling us, God, in these last days, is speaking to us by his Son. Excuse me. And what is the personification of this Son? Jesus, the Word of Life. Do you remember what the Bible says in John 1? It says, In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. Eh? And the Word was God. That is the personification of the Son, the Word of God. And God has chosen to speak to us through His Word. God has not changed. Beloved brethren, even if you see a vision, you have a dream, and it does not correspond with the Word of God, God has not spoken to you. Somebody and something else has spoken to you. So what is God challenging us with this evening? Look at Jesus and see the way he built his life up. See the way he nourished himself in the things of God. It was by the word of God. It wasn't magic. 
and God is challenging us, we too should go and do likewise. Jesus stayed behind in the temple in God's presence to learn more about God. What about you? Learn to stay in God's presence. Stay behind. Be like Joshua. The Bible said in Exodus chapter 33, Moses will enter the tabernacle of the Lord and he will leave. But the Bible said Joshua, the young man, stayed behind. It looks to me that if you stay behind with God, you are going to learn more about him. God is going to rub his presence on your life. Honestly, the difference between the disciples and the multitude is that when the multitude have gone away, the disciples do what? They stay with Jesus. They stay behind. That principle of staying behind with the Lord is something we need to inculcate. How many of us, after you go to church on Sunday, you go back and look at the scriptures the, the preacher preached about? How many? How many of us attend a, a Christian meeting or you do this Bible study now and then you go back later on your own to go and cross-check and read again some of the scriptures we have read together? Do you know if you do that and you go back and meditate and think about what we've talked about, you will gain much more than what we've said on this platform? It is the amount of thought and study and thinking and meditation you give to the word of God. It's the same amount of virtue and understanding and insight you will get. Getting insight and revelation from God has not changed. You need to give time to it. You need to give your mind to it. You need to invest your thoughts in the word of God so that you can get, you can glean the truth from it. That was what Jesus did. The Bible will tell us, do you remember? He will go to the mountain for hours and even into the night. He's praying. He's meditating. He's talking to God. Meditating on the word of God for hours. That was what our master did. And men of God who, who made a mark in their generation did the same thing. Why do we think we will make good progress with God and grow deeply in the things of God if we do not invest this kind of time? It's not possible. So, beloved brethren, we are going to pray this evening. Lord, give me a heart to study your word. Lord, help me to buy time. Let me be focused to invest my thoughts my heart on thinking about the word of God so that I can glean much more from God.
so I can get a lot more for God that I'm, that I'm getting now. Beloved brethren, that will be our prayer point. I don't think we should say more than that, but to just go and pray and ask God for mercy. Look at the scripture. I'll just read this and then we'll round up. Colossians chapter 3. Look at verse 16. Can somebody from the Salido family read verse 16 for us? Colossians 3, verse 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in your richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Thank you very much. Excellent. What did the Bible say there? Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. The word of Christ will not jump into your into you just like that. If you do not read it, if you do not meditate on it, it will not dwell in you richly. Look at the words that were used there. Let the let it is you that will let it. Let the word of Christ, his word, his teachings, it is you that will let it. I was thinking it is God that will let it. The Bible is saying, let. So the responsibility falls on me. Now, it's not just a knowing of the word of Christ. He said, dwell. How does the word of God dwell in a man? The word of God is as if you are, we are personifying it now. It's as if it's a person that comes to live inside of you. But how does that happen when you don't read the word of God? How can the word of God dwell in you richly? It must be rich. It's not scanty knowledge of the word of God. God wants it to be rich in you. And the glorious thing about the word of God is that it multiplies. The little you know of God, the more you think about it, it brings forth much fruit, it multiplies. But if we do not invest in it, how can it dwell in you and us richly? It's not going to happen. So that's another prayer point. Lord, give me grace so that your word will dwell in me richly. This is not wishful thinking. These are instructions God has given us. We are going to ask him to help us. Oh, 
God give me oil in my lamp. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Let me read that scripture from Amplified. Which verse? Which? It says, Let the word spoken by Christ the Messiah have its home in your hearts and minds. Do you see what the Bible is saying? The word of Christ should have its home. What a challenge. The word of Christ should not live in the Bible. Where should it live, please? In you. Don't put anything there. The word of Christ should dwell in you and not in the Bible. So what's the what's God telling us? When you read the Bible, you are only transferring the word of God from the Bible into your life so that it makes it home in your life. When somebody is looking for the word of God in, in real life, it goes to the home of the word of God, which is you and me. I'm praying God will help us. That this will be a reality. That the word of God will find a home in you and me. Home meaning dwelling place. Place of abode. The word of God is not going to be found somewhere. The reason why people are not affected is because the word of God, when they ask, where is the word of God? We carry a Bible and say, that is where the word of God is. Actually, the word of God is meant to be transposed. It's meant to transfer its accommodation from the Bible into your life and my life. That's why the Bible is using the word dwell. It should have its dwelling place in my life and in your life. I'm praying that God will help us that this will not just be academic knowledge. We are going to pray that God will make it a reality in our lives, beloved brethren. It's a serious matter. So, I will stop here. We are going to pray. And there's a song um, Keith and Christian Getty from that verse. You said? There's a sort of Psalm, my, my dwelling place is God most high. It's actually from Psalm 91. Mm. Oh, no, I'm, trying, I'm trying to get the uh, song. Sorry, I'm trying to get this song up. No, it is from, from that passage in Colossians. Oh, okay. So, I think there's Psalm 91. Okay. Um, Okay, please, do you mind coordinating our prayers? Okay, yeah. That's fine. Um, so Nika is not around, isn't it? Because she's... Yes. Um, her brother's passed away yes. and she's gone back to the Philippines, so we need to remember her in our prayers. Her and the family. Uh, Jethro, uh, Jethro and that are home. So they're at home. Kind of, okay. um, so be Jethro home. and 
Jethro and uh, Joey and Jezra are at um, home. And uh, oh, home. Okay. Yes, so she's gone oh, yeah. back. So. No, but we need to also pray for them because um, I guess yeah. them without their mum as well is a. Uh, mm. Yeah. So yeah, we need to pray for them. Uh, did, did you hear what's happened with Liam? No. Even, even though he's going to run here, he kind of had a he he's had three epileptic fits. Oh. Day and he um and he broke. I think is it was his hip. Karen, you can tell us more if you unmute. So. Are you need to unmute yourself? You need to unmute yeah. yourself. Can't unmute. Okay. Basically, basically, um, Liam needs to. He's a. We still can't hear you. But he he's literally got to be as uh, six weeks on because he's literally uh, fractured uh, fractured his leg or something like that. So he's got to be six. Oh. Weeks, uh, six weeks kind of up, kind of doing nothing. So it's like uh, he's quite in a bad way. So mm -hmm. he needs prayer for his epilepsy and just for his fractured, fractured leg or something like that. So yeah, so he needs he, he needs prayer for his epilepsy. But they also need prayer for they uh, for his, his brother Stephen because for the relationship with his brother Stephen and Karen for her health. So right. as well. Okay. So yeah. Uh, so if I if I write it all down. Okay, yeah, so... Uh, because we also need prayer for Michael. Michael... He's there, isn't he? Yeah, Michael for... For, for little Michael, his his son. For Christy and for... Michael and Jackie's health. It's actually Michael's 70th. Michael's here. Yeah. <laughs> it's his 70th, so happy, happy anniversary. Yeah, thank you. Happy, happy birthday, Happy Michael. birthday, yeah. So, yeah. Okay. So yeah, so pray for uh, if I write all these things down. So who, um, Samuel, can you pray for our four points of, from what we've learned by the Word of God today? Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and Abigail, pray for Nika and Jerry and family, yeah. uh, for God to come for them. Um, is Ria there? Is Ria in the house? If you yeah. don't mind. Hi. We're praying for... Um, Brother Michael and the family, please. Okay. And um, Sister Bethel, you still there? Yes. Oh, good evening. Good evening. Um, please, can you pray for Liam, who has had his epileptic fit and uh, broken a bone, that God will 
heal him, give him speedy recovery from this fracture, and um, and uh, he'll, you know, rest. we've been praying for healing for this epilepsy, and we'll keep praying for him. Okay. Okay. And uh, let's see. Okay, for uh, Dominic, for your work, yes, yeah, still looking for job um, that pays well. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's fine. Um, I'll pray for you. Okay. And then, um, where's um, uh, Nietzsche and I, I tried to. They've, go, they've gone away to LL. Oh, they've gone to LL. Oh, no, I tried. I, I sent, okay. I sent the link, but I, he didn't respond. So I, I didn't oh, know. So they're, they're away. They're in Lancashire. Okay. Right. Um, uh, please, I need a prayer for my dad, please. Your dad? Yeah. He's okay. really uh, so, what's your dad's name? Joseph. Joseph. Uh. What's happening with him? He said he just woke up one day in the morning and discovered that his leg is swollen up. And before you know it, the leg starts peeling off. Oh. And start dripping water. Look like decay. They've been to the hospital so many places, but... Is still the same. Right. Okay. Um, right, we'll pray for him. Who have I not? Um, can bo Brother Michael, can you pray for that, please? So it's Joseph. Michael's sister, yeah. Dad, Joseph, yeah. Joseph, and his, what's the problem with his leg? Woke up with a swollen leg um, that started to, the skin started to peel off and it started to discharge and it looks oh. um, bad and they've been trying to treat it um, and it's still not healed yet so we can pray for that. And uh, Regine, can you do the closing prayer for us please? Yeah. Thank you. Okay. So we start with Samuel and then go around that way. Okay. <clears throat> Dear Lord Jesus, we thank you um, for today. We thank you that we've been able to study your word um, in depth and look at what you've had to say to us this evening. Come and join Pastor George's Bible study at 8 p.m. 